the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt, candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Who can take a sunrise? Good morning and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your buddy school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans. Plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services or offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It's spring, and the earth has become alive again. Winter is over. The grass is growing. Flowers are brightening up the yards with the daffodils and the hyacinths. Soon we'll have the tulips and the irises. The trees are starting to leaf out. I see flowers all everywhere in the trees. Trees too. I think they must be the uh, uh, the crab apples or the cherries. Birds are everywhere with their bright colors and their songs. Every animal, large and small, is on the move trying to find a nest or a den to start their new families. And tomorrow is Easter, a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's a poem. It kind of summarizes that. Easter is a promise that God gave to you, a promise of eternal life, a season of renewal. As the scent of the roses fills the air and blue jays sweetly sing, remember that God is with you and guiding you this spring. For he vowed that he will always be there to wrap you in his arms when you need his care. He has faith in you and his heart shall ever be true, no matter what you say or do. Even should you stumble or fall, God will lend a hand to help you stand tall. So, Easter morning after church, as the children hunt for their candy and their Easter eggs, we who are basically a little too old to be hunting for Easter baskets can individually reflect on what Easter means to us. It's a spirit of hope, and love and blessing. So, and with the idea of a new beginning, now is the time to basically look over and review our financial life, which is really a minor part of the big picture, but it's important. Have things changed in your life? Uh, do we need to modify our plan? Do we need to modify our investments? 
This week, global equities were mostly down. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were down for, it was a shortened week. If it markets were closed uh, uh, for Good Friday. In the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down. Well, in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the uh, stock Europe 600 were down for the week. And in Asia, the Japan's Nikkei uh, was up, while China's Shanghai Composite and uh, Hong Kong's Hang uh, Shen were both down for the week. This Thursday, uh, the end of the U.S. trading week, the three major stock uh, indices closed at the Dow Jones closed at 34,451.23. That was down uh, 0.78% for the week. The Standard & Poor closed at 4,392.59, and that was down 2.13% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 13,351.08. And it was down 2.63 for the week. And the market continues to be worried about a lot of things. Or just about, <laughs> you name it, and we're worried about it. What, you know, what, what the Federal Reserve is going to do to conquer inflation? Uh, they've outlined the plan, but there's still voices on both sides that talk about a possible recession due to this uh, uh, tightening of the economy and slowing the economy down. And uh, we're also concerned about rising inflation. How is that going to affect spending and corporate earnings? You know, we just started the uh, first quarter earnings review. Uh, that started uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday of last week. And so we'll have another three weeks of, of picking and, and listening to the, uh, the corporation's um, view of what happened in the first quarter, as well as their forward guidance for the rest of the year. So, and the, there's a lot of unknowns surrounding the Russian invasion and uh, of Ukraine, and the reciprocal sanctions, and what's that to do into the economies? The unknowns, basically, and the resulting confusion has con has continued to drain. Um, the, the three major stock indices are drawing them down lower since the start of the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 5.19% year-to-date. The Standard & Poor 500 is down 7.84% year-to-date. And the NASDAQ Composite is down 14.66% year-to-date. And uh, the bond funds also saw increasing losses as the bond yields continue to increase significantly in response to the Federal Reserve plan to tighten credit. Long-term Treasury bond funds were down probably about 15% year-to-date. Intermediate-term Treasury bond funds were down about 6.5%. And uh, the short-term bond funds were down about 3%. Treasuries at the uh, last Federal Reserve uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting on March 16th, uh, Jerome Powell, who's the chairman of the Federal Reserve, he presented their plan for slowing the economy and reducing inflation. Uh, <clears throat> the plan presented by the Federal Reserve consists of three steps. The first one is stop the $120 billion a month bond buying operation that the Federal Reserve started at the beginning of the COVID uh, pandemic in February of 2020, so the, the bond buying operation has tapered down to zero, and basically it stopped entirely last month. So that was step one. That was one of the breaks on the, that's going to slow the economy down and uh, conquer inflation. Step two is start increasing the federal funds rate or the overnight rate by 2% this year and another 1% uh, next year. Uh, they're going to increase it in increments. Uh, probably every time they meet, and they meet every every six weeks for the Federal Open Market Committee meeting. And so they'll 
they're going to increase it uh, one quarter or one half a percent, uh, and they're going to increase it two percent this year, and supposedly another one percent next year. But there's a lot of talk that uh, figure on uh, they might increase it two percent next year also. So, but that's not their plan. So the, uh, the the rate would increase the regular uh, would be increased at the regular. Federal Open Market Committee meetings, and uh, uh, the next step, uh, the third step, is to start running off some of the bonds that the uh, Treasury, uh, these are Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities with Fannie and Freddie, start uh, rolling off some of them uh, that the uh, Federal Reserve has accumulated since 2008. So the, uh, at the March 16th meeting, the Federal Reserve didn't define the amount of the bonds to be sold each month or where, you know, when the selling would start. They did allude to the very fact that they would announce it at their next uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting on March, uh, uh, on, I'm sorry, May 3rd and 4th. So the minutes of the, of the uh, March 16th meeting came out about two weeks ago, and they provided a little more information that uh, leads people to assume that the, uh, they're contemplating running off $95 billion a month in bond sales and possibly uh, uh, increasing the uh, hedge funds rate a half a percent at the next uh, meeting in the, the early part of May. But the, uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, they're going to spell out their exact process of uh, quantitative of selling the, uh, the bonds and, or quantitative tightening at their meeting on the early uh, May, uh, two weeks from now. Um, the, the, the idea of the bond selling is to drain money out of the economy and it also enables the Federal Reserve to kind of shape the long, the uh, yield curve for the longer maturity bonds. At, you know, they could do that by concentrating their bond selling in those maturities where they want the uh, yields to increase. In other words, if they throw uh, uh, a large segment of, of bonds on the market for uh, uh, for sale, then uh, that kind of overwhelms the uh, demand and causes the price of the bonds to go down. Uh, so then the yields go up. That's their, that's their thinking there. And basically what you're seeing is that uh, both stocks and the bonds have both been down since the start of the year. And the approach now is basically to take a look at your bond funds and start to reduce those, uh, reduce the maturity on those bond funds for the duration to uh, to as small as possible. And basically, the stock market um, appears to be rotating from the growth to value stocks, and you can see that by the by the very fact that uh, the uh, Nasdaq is. Uh, uh, taking a uh, more of a beating than the uh, Dow Jones Industrials. So, but if you take a look at the economy itself, uh, you know the the uh, uh, people are getting out. Uh, they're returning to normal. People are traveling more. Uh, the uptick in the, the amount of travel has surprised the airlines. People are getting together for birthdays and anniversaries. The job market is still super tight, and workers are getting raises. You know, something to the tune of 5.6% uh, this year. Uh, consumers are buying. Uh, maybe not the big ticket items because they're not available, things like cars. Uh, but there's more buying in the service industries, you know, the restaurants and the hotels and things of this nature. And the... Uh, People are getting out now because the impact of the COVID is, is lessening. You know, even as the uh, uh, 
COVID cases that began to ri- began to rise again, in after a, a fall in the uh, from their January peak, but uh, experts believe that this new uh, coronavirus, these new subvariants, may be contributing to this growth, and that both of these subvariants evolved from the BA-2 subvariant, which was already responsible for a majority of cases in the Northeast. So that's some sort of a derivative from the Omicron. And uh, basically, uh, uh, it seems that the increased vaccination and also the uh, immunity that people have uh, picked up by surviving, having the COVID and surviving it, uh, has meant that uh, a lot of this U.S. population is uh, has developed the immunity. And what you're seeing from the data right now, even though the number of uh, cases is increasing, the hospitalizations still remain low. And, uh, they, you know, there are fewer than 15,000 people nationally are in the hospital uh, because of the COVID. And uh, the deaths um, continue to decline. You know, there's something around 500 uh, coronavirus deaths uh, per day. And uh, the uh, decrease has been more than 25% since uh, March. So uh, the COVID impact is going away. Uh, The economy is booming. Basically, the economy is booming because it's been powered by $6 trillion dollars uh, in stimulus in the federal government, that was in uh, 2020 and the start of 2021, and the $3 trillion from the Federal Reserve, that was the uh, buying of $120 billion a month in bonds, and uh, that was in the, that stimulus in addition to the low interest rates, uh, all of the stimulus uh uh, was instituted to counter the COVID pandemic uh, impact. Basically, it led to a very strong economy and a super inflation problem. And inflation is being reinforced now by the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine, and because that has pushed up the price of oil and wheat and fertilizer, which have been uh, uh, exports from Ukraine and uh, Russia. So U.S. inflation uh, surged to a new 40-year high of 8.5% over a 12-month period in in March, uh, from March a year ago. And it was basically driven by sky-high energy and food costs and supply constraints and a strong consumer demand. So we'll talk about that later in the show, in terms of uh, of uh, <clears throat> you know details in terms of the consumer price index, as well as the producer price index, as well as the import prices. So basically, what you have is uh, uh, the, uh, the the war the. Use of the stimulus has, has got an overstimulated economy, which is going to have to be slowed down by the uh, the Federal Reserve. And uh, the uh, stimulus has got it rolling. And then the uh, Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine has kept it up. And now we have uh, uh, China uh, trying to combat the, uh, the COVID virus by shutting down large sections of uh, the country, i.e. the uh, Shanghai region, which has about 30 million people. And I think they uh, also shut down that portion that was opposite Hong Kong, was it Shenzhen or, you know, they got another 30 million people there. So all of these are constraining the, are causing supply problems uh, because the, uh, Manufacturing isn't being done, and uh, the shipping isn't being done. So uh, in any case, what you're seeing is 
uh, prices rising. The official uh, Department of Labor Consumer Price Index numbers came out uh, this week, I think it was Tuesday, and they showed that basically the the number that includes food and fuel uh, went up 1.2% in uh, March from February and up 8.5% in March from March a year ago, 12 months ago. And in addition, the producer price indices, which talk about the, the, uh, what the uh, manufacturers uh, are charging as the stuff goes out the factory door, uh, they're indicating that they're going up at about uh, 2.6%, about 1.4% in March from from uh, February and uh, 11.2% uh, from March a year ago, 12 months ago. And if you take a look at import prices, uh, what you're seeing there is an increase of 2.6% uh, in March from from uh, February and 12.5% uh, from uh, March a year ago. So. We're going to talk about those things later in the show. It's basically an extremely strong uh, economy that is basically driving inflation. Uh, it's hurting a lot of people, particularly depending upon uh, how much money you make. In other words, uh, if you're a millionaire, this is a kind of a, a non, non-problem, but if you're like everybody else and trying to earn a living and and uh, put food on the table and gas in the car, uh, these numbers are really shocking. So uh, the best thing to do is to try to get through this as soon as as possible. And I I know everybody is making changes to their um, buying patterns uh, to do that. So if you take a look at the economy itself, uh, you take a look at retail sales reports, uh, the retail sales report from the Department of Labor showed that the uh, retail sales for the first quarter of uh, the, this year were up uh, close to 13% above the first quarter of last year. And if you take a look at industrial production, uh, for the first quarter, industrial production was up about uh, uh, eight, a little over 8% above the first quarter of last year. So things are moving, the economy's moving, uh, but it's this uh, inflation that uh, is causing a real problem and causing a lot of people to uh, juggle their, their plans and, and uh, try to try to figure out how to make the paycheck uh, stretch. So uh, just, to, just to go back to Easter, Let's go back to the thoughts of Easter, and these are thoughts from Colleen, our producer. And these are our off- Colleen. Colleen, you can take a take a bow here. These are Happy Easter thoughts, and uh, from Colleen, and it goes like this: All I need to know, I learned from the Easter Bunny, and that is, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Everybody needs a friend who is all ears. There's no such thing as too much candy. All work and no play makes you makes you a basket case. A cute tale attracts a lot of attention. Everyone is entitled to a bad hair day. Okay. Let happy thoughts multiply like rabbits. Keep your paws off other people's jelly beans. Good things come in small, sugar-coated packages. You can tell where we're going here. The grass is always greener in somebody else's basket. To show your true colors, you have to come out of your shell. The best things in life are still sweet and gooey, and may the joy of the season fill your heart, and may God bless you. So, by applause to Colleen. Here's the thoughts to live by. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. And 
you know, these these are <clears throat> we have to we have to we have to get a little frivolity in life here and 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 look at what's happening in in terms of uh, you know the 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 Easter season, uh, the the, uh, the holiness of the season, the the, the rebirth of uh, of uh, nature. Uh, everything is is everything primarily everything is turning out good, except for this damn inflation problem there. And uh, when we look at it. Uh, uh, we take that into account in our financial plans too. You know, uh, we have to take a look and say, okay, uh, uh, right now we're we've got a little bit of a, of a uh, obstacle in the uh, financial planning, but we still have to come up with. We still have to formulate our financial plan. We have to um, organize it. In terms of uh, what we want to do in life, what are our goals in life? How are we going to afford those goals? Uh, the goals are in the future, hopefully far in the future, so that we can talk about retirement and and uh, uh, all the things that will happen before we retire, and then even then after we retire, because basically. Uh, uh, when you take a look at uh, people's life expectancy, uh, if you retire at uh, uh, 65, uh, you have a life expectancy of another 20 years. And uh, and that means that the average group will be half of the, half of the people will make it to 85, and then the other half will be even waking it uh, uh you know, if he gets beyond that, he probably got a life expectancy of another seven or eight years. So uh, retirement's going to be a long time, so you have to save buckets of money to get there, and you have to utilize your income and uh, siphon it off and flow it into investments in order to have them do the heavy lifting for you. But the heavy lifting starts with you in terms of savings, and then investing and then staying on top of the financial plan so that you know where you're going. And and then uh, as you got there, you stay on top of the plan for, you know, years and years and years, and you make decisions about, do I want to change the plan? Do I want to buy a bigger house? Well, if you do, what are you going to give up to get that? Uh, all these things come together in, in a... I, I, I decision-making mode where at least you have a, a roadmap to go with, and that's your financial plan. And that'll take you to uh, to a point where you can achieve the goals in your future. So uh, develop that plan, develop it in your head, put it on a piece of paper, talk to us if you want to. We've been through a lot of this stuff before with different people. Uh, and uh, uh, just be, be just it's like the it's like the old Chinese saying, a longest journey begins with a single step. So don't procrastinate, get moving on that plan. Okay? This is Jim McAlee. You're listening to Get Rich Flow. Uh stay tuned. And, uh, before that you can give us a, a call on our toll free number. It's one eight eight eight. Two eight one eleven ten. I'll repeat that. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. So, give us a call. Uh, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. 
Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. Get Rich Low. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. We have that toll free number. It's 1 888 281 1110. You know, if it wasn't for this, this uh, inflation, we'd be in good shape. You know, the economy is strong. Uh, it basically it stimulated a little too much. We've got the, the engine is getting a little too hot here. Uh, so the Federal Reserve has got to slow it down. Uh, just to give you an idea how, how, how uh, hot this engine is, uh, if we take a look at the uh, the uh, consumer prices, the uh, Department of Labor reports in their consumer price index for March that the uh, U.S. inflation accelerated uh, again in March. And... Uh, the report shows that inflation pressures continue to be very strong. The Department of Labor says prices rose 1.2% in the month, in the month of March from February, and also 8.5% over the last 12 months. So the, the inflation surge is, is driven by rising costs for gasoline, food, shelter, and uh, but the increases are also broad based and uh, include a lot of other things too. So if we take a look at uh, the CPI numbers for March, uh, the consumer price index increased 1.2 percent uh, from uh, February to March, and they increased uh, eight and a half percent from March a year ago. And if you take out the food and fuel, uh, because those are big items, and there's a there's a there's a uh, uh, economic rationale for taking them out too, in that both food and fuel are international commodities. In other words, when you talk about the uh, invasion of uh, Ukraine. Uh, uh, that disrupts the oil, that disrupts the uh, food, and uh, all sorts of things that are basically global uh, impact our particular uh, costs in the United States. Of course, there's a lot of other costs in, in the, to go into the CPI that are local, and they're not affected by the, the international scene. But if you take a look at the core uh, CPI, where we've neglected uh, food and fuel, then it only went up three tenths of one percent. The cost went up three tenths of one percent uh, from February to March. And uh, if you look at it from March a year ago, it only went up six and a half percent. So that very fact that it went up uh, three tenths of a percent. Uh, in March uh, versus one point after we neglected food and fuel versus 1.2% where uh, we've included food and fuel tells us basically where the the, uh, the uh, inflation is in these numbers. So when we go through the numbers, uh, we're basically going to see that certain numbers have Increased dramatically, other numbers uh, not so much. 
for instance, like um, in the month of uh, uh, March, what we're seeing is that uh, inflation went up uh, 1.2% in February. Where did it go up? Well, uh, food it increased 1%. In uh, food prices increased one percent in uh, from February to March. They also increased eight point eight percent from uh, a year ago. So food prices have been going up dramatically. Food prices are almost uh, uh, they're up eight point eight percent over the last year and one percent over the last month. And if you take a look at the price of food at home, you know, where basically most people eat, uh, it's gone up 10% over the last year, and it's gone up 1.5% in uh, March. So you go down through and say, where the, where did this 10% come from? Well, you see over the last year, cereals have gone up 9.4%, meat and poultry and eggs have gone up 13.7% over the last 12 months. Dairy products, 7% over the last 12 months. Fruit and veggies, 8.5%. Uh, and then uh, if you take a look at, okay, what happened to the in, the in the monthly tabulations, food prices went up uh, uh, for cereals in the month of March, went up one5 uh, meat and poultry, one and a half percent. Dairy, one point two percent. Fruit and veggies, one and a half percent. So, uh, food prices are basically up ten percent over the last year, and one and a half percent in uh, in March. Take a look at energy. Okay, energy is basically. Uh, well, before I leave food, we. According to the government, we spend about 13.5% of our money on food. And then also, according to the government, we spend about 7.3% of our money on uh, energy. And if you want to know what uh, uh, fuel oil went up in the last uh, 12 months, it went up 70%. If you want to know what gasoline has done in the last 12 months, it's 48%. Electricity, 11.1%. Natural gas, as you can see that in your heating bill, 21.6%. And then if you take a look at it over, well, what happened in in uh, uh, what happened in uh, March? In March, it went up, uh, uh, let's see. It went up, gasoline went up 18.3% in uh, March. Uh, fuel oil went up 22%. Uh, electricity went up 2.2%. And natural gas went up six-tenths of 1%. And if you take a look at new vehicles, new vehicles uh, uh, went up 12.5% over the last 12 months. And thirty and used vehicles went up thirty five point three percent over the last twelve months. So, you know, people ask me where you know is now a good time to buy a car. The answer is definitely no. Uh, you're just going to have to wait out and uh, uh, wait until this uh, demand, for instance, like the demand of uh, vehicles, both new and used is uh, dependent upon this chip problem that the auto manufacturers have run into where they can't get the uh, computer chips, so they're producing cars and parking them uh, until they can get their chips and then selling them. So you don't have you don't have cars to sell, so there's a demand but no supply. So the prices for new cars are up 12.5%, and the, that's driven the prices of used cars up 35.3%. So, wonder the only negative number that I saw in the whole report was that the price of used cars went down 3.8% in March. I know because they were up they, they were up 45% in 
uh, on the last consumer report for, for the last 12 month period. Then you got the uh, services, uh, uh, services, you know, the, the restaurants and all the rest of this stuff. That's gone up 4.7% in the last 12 months. And then shelter uh, basically has gone up 5.8% in the last 12 months and a half a percent in uh, March. And then basically what you're seeing is that uh, uh, that's a reflection of rents going up. That's a reflection of housing prices going up. Uh, all those things are pushing up the uh, the uh, price of uh, shelter. So uh, what you see, airline fares, airline fares went up 23.6% uh, over the last 12 months and 10.7% in March alone. So when you take a look at these numbers, the, the numbers are, <laughs> they're getting beyond belief. You know, they're getting kind of crazy. So, uh, you know, the, the Federal Reserve is uh, increasing these uh, interest rates and they're going to sell, start selling these bonds to try to suck money out of the system. Uh, and uh, there's different uh, there's different uh, opinions as to what inflation is going to be in the future, and it's and a lot of if I were to eyeball the opinions, the eyeball the, the opinions seem to indicate by the end of this year, uh, the the uh, 12 month inflation uh, will be down to about four and a half percent. From where it's at right now, so uh, that's a step in the right direction. The Federal Reserve says that they want to take inflation down to two percent, and from what I'm seeing, there's a lot of well, you you know, you could wish for anything you want, but I don't think you're going to get there. Uh, I think uh, the long-term inflation over a 50-year period has been three percent. So if they can get to three percent uh, at the end of next year. Uh, they should just call it victory and go home at that particular point. So it's it's, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. So if you want to give us a call, ask a question, you give us a call on our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Hi, Jim. Uh, Hi, it's Colleen. We have a question, and it's a good one. It's from Hillary, and she wants to ask. Her and her husband both have 401ks and IRAs. And she wants to know what are the different rules, if any, in taking the required minimum distribution for the 401ks and IRAs. Okay. Uh, There's good news and bad news. The good news is the the basic rules, you know, for the 401ks or the IRAs is very similar. You know, basically, you have to take your required minimum distributions from your traditional IRAs and your 401k every year after you turn age 72. So, when you change the year that you become 72, you got to take out that required minimum distribution out of your either your 401k or your IRAs, and uh, you basically use the same IRS life expectancy tables. Uh, they've been around for, you know, 20 years now, and uh, but there is a difference in basically how and when you take the money. Uh, 
calculating that money that you have to take out. That's called the required minimum distribution. And uh, in the case of your traditional IRA, uh, you just add up the balances of all your traditional IRAs as of December 31st of the previous year, and then you divide it by the uh, IRS uh, life expectancy factor. And you you can take that required minimum distribution. It gives you a required minimum distribution. You can take it from any one or or all of your uh, traditional IRAs. Now, with a 401k, you have to take it from that specific 401k account. You can't say, well, I got the 401ks and the IRAs, and and they're all uh, equal, and so I can take it out of, I want to leave the money in the 401k, so I'll take it all out of the IRA. That doesn't count. Uh, your 401k administrator uh, will notice, and you, and you have to take your your uh, required minimum distribution out of your 401k. Let's say you have, uh, let's say you have, uh, let's say you have two uh, 401ks. You worked at this place and you left it there. Then you work at uh, another place and you left it there. And then you got your IRA. So uh, you, you treat each one of those individually with regard to the required minimum distribution. So each one, you have to take the the required uh, minimum distribution out of this 401k and then whatever the other second 401k, you have to take it out of that one. And you also have to take it out of the, you can, for the IRAs, you can take it out of one or you can take it out of each one or whatever you want to do with a collection of IRAs. And if you're still working, and if you're in the 401k, you don't have to take the uh, uh, required minimum distribution out of your 401k, uh, as long as you don't own the company. Uh, or they put a number there, like five percent. If you're if you're just an employee, uh, no, you don't have to take the required minimum distribution. If you're a partial owner, greater than five percent, uh, yes, you do. So, and. Uh, um, you know, uh, of course, if you're if you're, uh, your IRA doesn't make any difference whether you're working or not, you still have to take your required uh, minimum distributions out of your IRAs. So, uh, as far as the Roth IRA and uh, the Roth 401k, uh, basically, you don't need to take the required minimum distributions from your Roth IRA. But you do need to take them from your Roth 401k. Ah, you know, one of the things Congress forgot about, I guess. Uh, you know, of course, the withdrawals from the for, from the Roth are not taxable. But in the case of the Roth 401k, you still have to get it out of there. So uh, you could roll money uh, over from your Roth 401k to your Roth IRA to avoid future required minimum distributions but and then you and don't forget the uh, tax-free uh, transfers to charities you know uh, towards the end of the year we get involved in a lot of that uh, activity so uh, once you're over the age of 70 and a half and you could transfer a hundred thousand dollars I've never seen a hundred thousand dollars moved like that but you can transfer a hundred thousand dollars each year from your IRA to a uh, charity tax-free. So, um, and I didn't make a mistake there. I didn't uh, misread the 70 and a half. It's for that uh, tax-free transfer to charity of the age is 70 and a half. Now for your required minimum distributions, it's 72. So uh, what happens there if you take your required minimum distribution, take a portion of it and give it to a charity. You have to specify the, the name of the charity. The uh, check is written out to the charity. And uh, a, lot of case, a lot of cases, if you're dealing with a charity, let's say you're, going, you're giving it to your uh, church or something, 
that you have to, the wise thing to do is to talk to your um, priest or minister about um, uh, you've given this money because that transfer from the, let's say, from the financial institution to the charity may not have your name on it uh, or uh, you may not, it doesn't emphasize that it's from you. It's from a, the financial institutions. So the charity doesn't get a, a check from a financial institution for a certain amount of money. So uh, make sure you follow up on that and get your out of boy uh, for giving that uh, money to the charity. So if you got any other questions, just give us a call. Uh, we have this toll-free number. It's one 888 Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sugar, oh honey, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me wanting you. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. I mentioned before that this economy is is hot, and uh, if I take a look at the uh, retail sales, what I'm seeing is that the retail sales for March that went up uh, that went up a half a percent uh, from February. But if I take a look at the uh, uh, the first quarter of this year, 2022 versus the first quarter of uh, 2021, uh, the retail sales were up 12.9%. So uh, people have been spending money, and uh, uh, the retail sales, when we talk about retail sales, uh, that includes sales of goods at brick-and-mortar stores and online. It doesn't include... uh, It doesn't include services like uh, insurance, or healthcare costs, or insurance premiums, or housing costs, or haircuts, or stuff, stuff like that. So it, it's only a partial uh, picture of basically what's going on there. But like I say, if you take a look at the quarter to quarter, first quarter to first quarter, uh, it's up uh, 12.9%. And uh, motor vehicles, uh, are 9.4%. What are some of the other big numbers? Clothing stores up 18.1%. Uh, general merchandise stores up uh, 8%. And uh, in that category, there's the department stores, and they were up uh, 13.7%. And uh, the funny part about it, the non, non-store retailers were only up 10.3%. The big one was, of course, the food services and drinking places, and that they were up 26.6%. But, that, you know, that's an indication that, hey, we're free now. We're getting out and we're getting about, uh, and, uh, which, is, which is great for, for life in general. And uh, if you look at other places, industrial production is basically up. And industrial production shows that uh, 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 for the first quarter, uh, this, the industrial production numbers are put out by the uh, Federal Reserve uh, Bank, and they report on it. And they show that basically industrial production increased uh, nine-tenths of one percent in March from February, and the first quarter industrial production was 8.1 percent above the first quarter uh, production a year ago. So uh, you're basically seeing that uh, the economy is, is moving and doing things. And uh, it's just us trying to, try to pay our bills with regard to this crazy uh, 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 cost of living increases. And then if you also think it's in terms of manufacturing, uh, different areas in the United States, uh, the Federal 
puts out a uh, little summary for their particular area. And here's one from the Empire State Manufacturing. And the Empire State Manufacturing says uh, uh, they they put out by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and they talk to their manufacturers in that particular area, and they say, uh, what about new orders, shipments, backlogs? Uh, how do they compare this month to last month? And in that area, they said that the new orders uh, were up 43% of the cases. New orders were up 18% were down. Shipments, 45% said the shipments are up. 11% said that down. Backlogs are increasing. 31% said the backlogs are increasing. 14% said no. And delivery times, uh, delivery times are still stretching out. And the other thing was the prices paid. Everybody's paying more, even the companies, and they're charging more. So what's new? You know, I mean, we knew that. So this is uh, Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Good morning and welcome to spring. Spring is the season during which the natural world revives and reinvigorates after the cold winter months. It seems magical. The days get longer and warmer. Life begins to reemerge and the world begins to bloom. Spring signifies new beginnings and is more like the beginnings of the year. I read this poem a long time ago, and I wanted to share it with you this Easter weekend. My wish for a beautiful year. I wish you bunches of violets and a breeze in your hair, eyes bright as dewdrops, people who care. Trees swaying gently, a kitchen, a kitten to touch, fields full of clover and berries and such. I wish you nights filled with stars and plenty of dreams, days filled with laughter and dancing sunbeams. I wish you a child's spontaneous hug, a warm summer night, and a lightning bug. I wish you a barefoot run in the grass and friendly smiles from people you pass. I wish a springtime of daffodils, a run down the grassy hills, a mountaintop view of the world clean and new. I, talk, I wish you a talk with a friend, a touch of a hand, a tender kiss, and a walk, a walk in the sand. A robin's sweet song, blue skies from above, a life and a year of peace and love. And until we meet again for next week, may God bless you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440 647 2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.